Pilgrim's Confidential, uh, a Clutch Points podcast, podcast hosted by yours truly, Tomer Zarli, uh, Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. Um, we come to you in episode four, uh, early February, with um, you know one of the biggest uh, biggest episodes to date so far. Um, you know, there's there's no way to kind of go around it. The Clippers made a big deal. Um, they started off the trade deadline. They were they were the team that kind of kicked it off. Uh, they traded uh, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, um, and Keon Johnson. And in exchange, they received Norman Powell, Robert Covington from the from the Portland Trailblazers. It was uh, probably one of the most surprising deals in the last, I don't know, five or six years that I can remember. Um, really feels like a, a lopsided trade. Uh Clipper fans obviously feel like they, they got a steal. Uh, Blazers fans are understandably upset, uh, given that they, you know, they, they traded, you know, quite a haul to get Norman Powell from the Toronto Raptors last year. And, well, I mean, there's no way around it. They, 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 they got a couple guys who, who knows if they'll be a part of their future. Keon Johnson's kind of the highlight of that package, but uh, Portland really wanted to get off some salary, um, you know, they just signed Norman Powell to a five-year, $90 million deal. They recently just signed, uh, well, no, Robert Covington was set to uh, become an unrestricted free agent at uh, the end of this season. And the Blazers just felt like they needed to, to, to clear some salary cap and, and you know, just, just shed some salary. And uh, they did so by getting rid of uh, Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Again, one of the more surprising trades that I've ever, I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, definitely did not see this one coming. I remember when I saw this trade right away. I was I, I was I had a double take because I was like, wait, they, they really that's that's who they gave up for him. And so, um, yeah, the, the two guys, um, you know, you didn't have to wait long to see them make their debut. Um, both Covington and Powell made their debuts against the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday. Uh, it was a Unfortunately, it was it was a pretty pretty bad loss for the Clippers, a one thirty seven to one thirteen loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that's the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, th- that team is good, and that's who you know they're, they're the champions for a reason. And um, you know you, you saw the way they played uh, on both ends of the floor. I thought the Clippers played well that game, um, but Milwaukee kind of just shot the lights out. They they shot fourteen of twenty from three in the second half. Uh, they finished the game shooting 50% from three. So uh, they really had themselves a night shooting the ball, and uh, it led to a victory. But, um, you know, despite the loss, I think you could say there was um, – you know, it, it was a big night because the Clippers, as I said, saw Norman Powell and Robert Covington make their debuts. Uh, Norman Powell came off the bench, as did Robert Covington. Powell was the first player off the bench for the Clippers. Um, he finished with 28 points. Uh, on nine of sixteen shooting, uh, had four assists, had four threes, on eight attempts. So he, he played a really good game uh, for the Clippers in, in, in really his first time with these guys on the court. I mean, he arrived in LA on Saturday, um, shortly after the Clippers finished practice, and um, you know, w- within twenty four hours, made his debut with the team. So, uh, very uh, quite a quite a fantastic debut for Powell, I would say. Um, Shot nine of sixteen from the field, repeatedly got to the basket, uh, and, and really showed that he's 
capable of, of, of taking on a heavier workload as a number one scoring option for this Clippers team, which is likely something he'll be asked to do in, you know, as the next couple of, uh, uh, as the season goes on. I mean, I think it, it's still early, but you watch game one and it's easy to say, uh, Powell is probably their best offensive weapon right now. Um, just in, in terms of the three level scoring, he, he can bring you, uh, scoring, you know, attacking the basket, uh, hitting the mid-range jumper, shooting the ball well from outside the arc. Um, he's the guy who really gives you the whole the whole package offensively, and uh, he has some size on him as well. He, he can play, he can defend the ball, he can defend uh, guys, uh, take on big, bigger bigger role defensively than he has in the past. Um, I think he's a guy who in spurts has shown that he can play good defense, but you know when when, when you're asking to do a lot, it's kind of it's kind of tough to see how good of a defender guys can be. But in this team, with kind of the defender and the versatility that this team has, uh, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see Powell um, take on a nice defensive role and, and, and succeed at it. Um, I think this team will be an excellent team um, defense squad just because, again, the versatility that they have, the amount of guys that they have that are, you know can play multi- multiple positions, are long, are lanky, can, can, can really cause havoc on both ends of the floor, and then they can also shoot the ball. So um, I envision Powell being you know a number one option for them offensively and really taking on the defensive challenge. I think that's what Ty and kind of the team is going to encourage him to do over the next couple of weeks. Um, Robert Covington uh, also came off the bench. Um, unlike uh, Norman Powell played 24 minutes, Covington was right behind him at 23 minutes. Uh, Covington was also fairly impressive. I think he had he had 13 points and four rebounds. He shot four of seven from the field. He had three threes. So um, he had himself a good game. Uh, he had one, one you know kind of signature highlight from that matchup where uh, he grabbed an offensive rebound, uh, kicked it out to kicked it out to Powell, who um, you know then found Covington relocating in the corner for three, uh, which he hit and kind of trimmed the Bucks def- the Bucks lead to about I want to say nine or ten uh, early in the fourth quarter. So that was that was a, you know a big play for the for the Clippers. Um, like I said, the Bucks went went on to you know shoot the light, shoot the heck out of the ball, and and they won that game. But um, just like Powell, I would say this was a very successful debut for Covington. Um, you know, Covington, I gotta, I gotta give him a shout out. He's been a clutch points fan for a while. Um, you know, engaging w- w- with our content and really, um, you know, sharing our stuff as well. So uh, happy to have him on the team, uh, excited to get to know him in the next couple of weeks and, um, just to see what he's about. So, uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to, but Covington played well, uh, showed his versatility defensively. Like I said, uh, a guy who, um, you know, I, I think one of the few guys in the league who's averaging both a steal and a block per game. Um, you know, that number narrows down when you go one steal, one block, and three pointer per game. So, um, really, just a, a rare kind of guy that that's hard to find around the league. Um, you know, I think he, he's he's shot the ball a little average. Like I think he could be better than what he has been uh, shooting the basketball. Um, you know, you, you, sometimes you hear around the league, like the idea of Covington is better than Covington himself, but I think that's just a little bit because of the role he's been asked to play, um, having to be a primary defender on a team, having to be, uh, you know, sometimes a small ball five for teams, um, uh, you know, up both offense and defense, having to, um, take on the floor spacing role at times. And, um, so Again, just like Powell, I think Covington is a perfect fit for this team. He is a guy who will 
fits seamlessly, isn't really high maintenance, uh, doesn't really require a lot of touches offensively, um, is a very high IQ defender, uh, knows where to be in the right spots. Um, so not really a guy you, I would say you have to worry about. I think especially a guy like Ty Lue will utilize him um, when you have, you know, Nico Batum, for example, is a guy who uh, you probably don't want to overwork as the season goes on. I mean, he's had to deal with COVID. He's had to deal with the Achilles soreness. He's had to deal with some uh, ankle soreness as well. So um, those are things that you really want to um, just, 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 you know, monitor as the season goes on. And I think the addition of Covington allows you to, you know, not overwork Marcus Morris, not overwork Nicholas Batum, and, and kind of just get, give everyone a good amount of time um, to play uh, specific roles, whether it be the four, whether it be the five, and, um, and, and you know, what have you, and go from there. So, um, you know, th- th- we, we did we did get to talk to the guys after the game. Um, Norman Powell, for one, was, was very surprised at the trade. Uh, he, he did say that um, he just bought a house in Portland. Uh, given that he just signed a five-year deal, he thought he was going to be there for a while. And so he bought a house out there. He just also furnished his, his, his new home, he told us, uh, before the trade. I don't think he – I think he also said he didn't even get to enjoy the furniture because he had he, was, he just got traded. So definitely a bummer um, <laughs> for Powell. But he also mentioned that he gets to come home. You know, he's a San Diego native, so uh, he gets to come home and, and, and be closer to his, his family. Uh, and friends, he mentioned, I think his mom and his sister, <clears throat> they were having to make the flight up to Portland, which wasn't too bad, but obviously it's it's way different when you're going to LA, San Diego to LA. So uh, definitely sounds like he's ecstatic about that move. And, and um, not only from, from, a, from a, you know, family standpoint, but I think from a fit standpoint, um, <clears throat> Powell is kind of ready to take, take on that, uh, at least for now, a number one option role, at least until Kawhi and Paul George return. Um, he sounds like a guy who's, who's very willing and very ready for that role. And, uh, I think it just remains to be seen how he kind of, uh, how the team just plays alongside him. I think that's the biggest thing. I I really think that Norman Powell is so good that you could probably just throw him the ball if you're Ty Lue and just say, all right, uh, Norm, go, go get us a bucket. Like you're that good. We'll play around you. Uh, you will get us a bucket though. and, And we'll kind of, we'll kind of make it happen around you. Um, I think, uh, what another thing he said is that he's had a good relationship with, with, uh, guys like Reggie Jackson and Paul George. Uh, so he played with them in the off season. Obviously he won a championship in 2019 with the Toronto Raptors, Serge Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard. So those are two guys that he's very familiar with as well. Um, you look at, uh, obviously he came here with Robert Covington. So another guy that he knows, um, and he's a UCLA alum. So, Again, th- this guy's coming home. I think he's very happy to come home. He mentioned it a few times himself. Um, you know, I think he also has a relationship with uh, Jeremy Castleberry, Clippers assistant, who, who hosted him when he came to visit San Diego back when he was in high school. So uh, he said a lot of familiar faces and something that, you know, it feels like home already for him. So definitely um, something you, you, you like to hear as a Clipper fan. Um I think the you know my my biggest takeaway from him, from his press conference was probably that uh, you know he <clears throat> he works just as, he says he works just as hard as Kawhi and PG to get at that All Star level, <clears throat> and he believes that that's um, that's something he can get to. It, you know he told us I, I want to be an All Star. I train I train as hard as I train and for as long as I train to be an All Star to be on that level. 
Um, and, and that's one of his goals. I think he, he also added that, you know, individual goals don't mean anything if you're not also winning and, and winning is a priority for him as well, which is again, something you want to hear as a Clipper fan. Um, so yeah, Norman is saying all the right things. I think, um, he, he's got the right mindset to join this team. Uh, you know, Robert Covington was, was, uh, also pretty, pretty interesting in this press conference. He told us, he told us he actually thought he was going to be traded to the East Coast as opposed to the West Coast. Well, he was on the Pacific Northwest, but he thought he was going East to one of the Eastern Conference teams, likely a contender. Um, said he didn't think the Clippers were going to happen, and he was kind of shocked when he saw it happen. But um, I, I'm guessing from Portland's perspective, it was probably just easier to unload uh, Covington with Powell and not have to worry about you know potentially finding a new deal down the line, you know, under a lot of pressure to make it happen by the deadline. Um, they probably just saw an opportunity to move on and, and took it, which I think you can you can understand given how much they have to work with with, with probably Lillard and CJ McCollum is, is rumored to want out is too rumored to be uh, you know on the on the trade block as well. So um, a lot that they've got to deal with. So I, I don't really you know fault them for wanting to get rid of uh, Covington the way they did. Um, you know Covington did did mention that the NBA has changed a lot over the years. I mean he started his career in Philly. Um, you know, playing significant minutes in Philly, where uh, he was kind of like the the small forward there, where he was a good three and D wing there, and um, you know, I got traded to Minnesota, then went to Houston, then went to Portland. So he's been on. He's been, now with the Clippers, he's been on four teams in four seasons. So um, definitely a journeyman in the NBA. But uh, he told we you know when we talked the other day after the game, he, he told me he, he's he's ecstatic to be here. Um, when he, when he got the news, he was hyped. Uh, he's ready to get to it. Uh, obviously, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and he told me that they haven't really had any discussions about his future, but he said that he would love to stay here beyond just this year. Uh, you know, in his presser, he talked about the opportunity to play alongside both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and um, was just was just so, so ready for that opportunity. And um, it, it showed, you know, just in his comments. So, um I think he's a guy who, who will want to play with those guys and uh, will try to make something happen in free agency to play with them. Um, again, he, just like Powell, he kind of said all the right things. Um, said the league has evolved a lot since his time in the NBA where he was playing uh, with the Sixers, where he was mostly just a, you know, a small forward, sometimes a power forward. Now he's playing a lot of power forward, and he played a lot of backup center for the Blazers. He'll probably do a little bit of that with the Clippers, although I don't know how ecstatic he is about that. Um, but again, something that, uh, the Clippers will kind of use here and there and kind of feel out as the season goes on. Um, again, they don't want to work Nick Batum and overwork Nicholas Batum and Marcus Morris. So, uh, a good, a good problem to have if you're Tyler and the Clippers. Uh, we also got to talk to president of basketball operations, Lawrence Frank, uh, shortly after the trade was made official. Um, he was, yeah, I think he echoed a lot of, uh, a lot of Clipper fan sentiments when he said that we didn't know, we didn't believe it'd be realistic for us to get Nolan Powell. We didn't think we could get him. Uh, and then we, when we did get him, we were just, you know, pleasantly surprised. Um, so again, it, it, he's a guy who <laughs> Lawrence Frank has quietly been uh, the mastermind behind a lot of trades. I know that a lot of people like to give Jerry West credit for some of the trades, but um, and rightfully so, you know, he, he does have a role as a consultant, but, uh, 
Lawrence Frank, Trent Redden, uh, Michael Winger. I know I'm forgetting someone else. Um, you know, Lee, Je- Lee Jenkins obviously has a role. Um, a lot of guys who those are the you know kind of the brain trust of the Clippers, um, and and they kind of made this happen. I think everyone's incredibly high on on Norman Powell and um, Robert Covington too, but especially Norman Powell getting um, a 28 year old in his prime locked in for another five years is not something you usually find um, this easily. I mean, again, they traded Bledsoe, Winslow, and Keon Johnson. Now, Keon's 19, kind of a project. Uh, Winslow and Bledsoe are probably not going to be here beyond this year, if if you know if, if that. So um, definitely a, a, a surprising move. And I think, again, Lawrence Frank said he said, we, didn't, we really didn't think it'd be realistic for us to get him. And uh, he credited the entire staff. Um Talked a lot about how Norman Powell, um, you know, could be a good off-ball, a good good on-ball defender, but uh, really prolific at, at, as a three-level scorer. When you talk about attacking the basket, uh, as a catch-and-shoot player, and and also in the mid-range. So, um, and then creating for others is just the last part of his game that I think you can really see him work on over the next couple of weeks. So, um, definitely a surprise, but I think Clipper fans are. I think Clipper fans are still kind of in awe. Like I know, I know I've got a few friends who are Clipper fans, and, and, and they've just been like, I, I can't believe we got we you know we got Norman Powell. They keep telling me, um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the it's kind of the sentiment you agree with. It, it, it's still surprising. So, um, but it, you kind of <laughs> sometimes you got you got to be lucky, and uh, it kind of just kind of just worked out for him. Um, you know, so someone, uh, oh, Lawrence Frank, a big thing he mentioned was uh, so he remembered people asking him, like, uh, are you guys, do you guys consider yourself buyers or sellers? And he responded with, well, we're just nimble and opportunistic. Um, we're trying to, you know, we're not looking to, to trade anyone all the time or, or looking to, 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 to acquire someone, but just being um, opportunistic when, when certain deals present themselves, I think is the, is the biggest um the, big, the biggest thing, and you saw that with this team. So um, this front office, again, <laughs> they work in silence and, um, and and they make stuff happen. So um, definitely surprised, but but a welcome surprise. Um, the Clippers, you know, now that they have Powell and Covington, um, I, I don't believe they're done yet. Um, you know, we still have guys like Serge Ibaka, who uh, he's set to be a, a free agent at the end of this year, and he's likely, I mean, it seems like you know they've kind of um, both sides have kind of you know just just played it out, um, played out their their roles. Like I think it's 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 this season, and then it's probably over for them. Um, they're just going to go their separate ways. Um, and then you you know with with that being said, like I think if you're the Clippers, you have to kind of look for a trade um, just to not lose search for nothing in free agency. Um, I think that's probably the, you know, the, the best, the best outcome there for both sides. Serge gets to go to a team that he can play with, um, a team that he can have a more consistent role on and the Clippers are able to, you know, recoup some kind of asset for him. Uh, and they already have, like, like I've said, they have Ibiza Zubas, they have Isaiah Hartenstein, and then they also have guys who can play center like Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, and Robert Covington. So they have five guys capable of doing it. Again, it's not because Serge hasn't been 
good at times this year. I think he's been better than what I've expected at times, given he just went off, you know, came off a, a serious back surgery. Um, with that being said, it, it, it's clear that he, he just wants a bigger role than is available to him on this team. So you kind of just need to get something for him while you can, and you move on from there. Um, I know that there have been some some other guys like uh, Luke Kennard. Uh, Luke Kennard has been involved in, in, in some trade. Uh, well, people have been talking about him, um, you know, potentially being involved. Uh, Marcus Morris has been thrown out there. I, for some reason, Nick Batum's name is also out there. I don't think any of those three will be traded. Uh, I really don't see the point in trading in the, any of those three. I think you have a uh, a solid team as it is, and you can kind of uh, – I think you should want to see what you have with this team before you decide to trade anyone else. And, and so that that's kind of why I, 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 I feel like this team, aside from Surge, is probably not going to make any big moves um, unless maybe a, a Tier 2, Tier 3 kind of star becomes available, and then you can package like a guy like Marcus and Luke together. But again, I really don't see it. I think those guys are, you know, Marcus is the perfect complement to Kawhi and PG. Uh, Luke's been a, a fantastic shooter this year. I think he's like top three in the league. Um, and so uh, I think you really just want to play with this team and see what you have before you make any more trades. Again, this is aside from Sergio Baca, who likely um, you likely should find a deal for him just to get something back in return. Um, you know, when we went to practice the other day and, and then even in the game the other night, Ty Lue told us that, you know, Terrence Mann will be playing some backup point guard, uh, minutes and it'll also go to Norman Powell and Amir Coffey. Um, and, and w- when I asked, uh, Lawrence Frank with that question, um, you know, how do you kind of view the, the point guard role? Because you, you clearly, you know, I think last year they had a, um, a hold the point guard position, or they felt like they did, and they went out and they got Patrick um, Rajon Rondo. Excuse me, they got Rondo from the Hawks, and that was you know that experiment failed pretty, pretty, pretty bad. It was a pretty bad uh, experiment. So, um, and they weren't they could not wait to move on from him. So, um, you know, Lawrence Frank talked about having the, you know, instead of looking at this is his quote. Instead of saying point guard, I really look at uh, play starter, play finisher, connector. And then he talked about how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, their two stars, they'll have their balls, they have the ball in their hands um, 60% of the time. Uh, they, they have a combined usage rate of about 60. Uh, so there's not really much, you know, a, a traditional point guard could do for this team um, with those two healthy. I think when you when you look at some of the skills that that like a Terrence Mann and Norman Powell or Amir Coffey can offer you, and that's a, a lot of that is their, their attacking transition, their ability to shoot the ball, and their ability to create uh, off the dribble for themselves or for others. Um, that's a skill set that that could be utilized, which is why I can understand why the Clippers are um, at least you know publicly saying that they want to try and roll those guys out of the point guard position right now instead of maybe getting one in the trade market or on the buyout market or on the, what's the, what's the market after that? I don't know. Some other market before the season ends. So um, so that's kind of where, where the Clippers are at right now with that. Um, now Jason Preston, we, we, we talked to, to Lawrence because Jason Preston has been, been warming up lately. He's been, he's been looking pretty good on those warm-ups. There's some shooting drills, uh, moving well. Um, you know, Lawrence said that he 
Uh, didn't have a, a setback, but he took a step back for a couple of weeks after getting, um, I think it was a, a rod or something. Um, <coughs> he got some kind of hardware removed from his foot. And so it's kind of just been, uh, again, not a setback, but just a step back in terms of his, um, how much he's doing. And then he'll ramp back up to doing a lot more as the season, you know, as he's, as his recovery goes on. Um, so, so he's, he's again, not really sure when he's going to return. Um, you know, there've been reports that he maybe could return at some point at the end of the season. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll kind of, I guess, see what happens after the all-star break and, and go from there. Um, as for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, we asked, uh, we asked Lawrence about Kawhi and they said, you know, he said that we really don't know at this moment, at this time, he's, he's, he's just working out. He's aggressively rehabbing. Uh, on TNT the other night, uh, they reported that Kawhi was doing uh, aggressive shooting drills and was uh, doing some explosive box jumps again. So, um, again, it's still to be determined with him. I think the biggest kind of X factor here is Paul George, who has been out since December 25th with the torn UCL in his right elbow. Uh, he suffered the injury again December 6th, missed a couple games, came back, played two games. And then on Christmas Day, underwent an MRI, which showed that he had a torn UCL in his right elbow. Um, and that, that's an injury that a lot of baseball players have, a lot of pitchers have. And so um, they've, been, they've been just administering rest. They've just been telling him to rest it the entire time. Don't do anything significant with it. And um, he, he hasn't really. I mean, we saw him at practice shooting left-handed jumpers. Uh, but, but Ty Lue told us that he's scheduled to have an MRI on February 24th. Uh, which will kind of, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll kind of see where he's at, how he feels, and and go from there. So, um, again, just, just, just like uh, Preston, there's really not much on Kawhi and PG at this time. Um, it's really unclear whether they need surgery, or whether PG needs surgery yet or not. I mean, it's possible uh, rest resting for this long is, is probably going to be enough. Uh, but, again, it's just unclear at this time. Uh, you would also think that if PG needed surgery, he probably would have gotten it already, given how serious that kind of operation uh, and how long of a recovery uh, timetable that surgery is. So I, I believe there's a, little, there's a bit of a reason to be optimistic with him, um, even if he doesn't come back this year, at least to be healthy for the 2022-23 season. So um, there's that. And um, I think I think that pretty much covers everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks. I mean, uh, the Clippers got back to 20, 20 to 500 by beating the Lakers at home. Uh, that was a fun matchup there. Um, again, but they, they've been able to get to 500 and they lose the next game every time. So they keep going 500, then one game under, then two games under, like they tie it, then under again. So um, right now they sit at 27 and 28 at the time of this podcast. Um, they are on a three-game road trip, which will take them to Memphis on Tuesday night. And that will be followed by a two-game trip well, two-game stop in Dallas. They'll face the Mavericks, uh, I believe, on Thursday and Saturday uh, before coming back home for a matchup against the Golden State Warriors on Valentine's Day, February 14th. That is a Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, that will be a a Monday a Monday night uh, game against the Warriors. So, um Three-game trip here with Memphis and Dallas twice. I mean, I think you have to get the, at least one Dallas game. Um, just try to win one of those games just so you can uh, just keep keep your footing in the Western Conference playoff race. I mean, Memphis is playing out of their minds right now, and I don't know if you beat them, but 
Dallas, you know, Dallas is coming off a, a big win over Philly, but they also lost to Orlando and Oklahoma City in back-to-back games. So um, definitely kind of a, a hit-or-miss team right now. They're missing Porzingis with, with injury. Uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been out for a bit. Uh, now Maxi Kleba is dealing with an injury. So they kind of been, been hammered by injuries as well. So definitely something to watch as the Clippers uh, arrive in Dallas for a Thursday and Saturday game against them. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty much it. And they, they face the Warriors who, I mean, we've all seen, have been going nuclear Steph and clay and rest of that team. I mean, congrats to them for getting three all-stars. Uh, they've, they've been a fantastic team this year. And, uh, the, the, I think they're still my favorite to make it out of the Western conference. So, um, I definitely a scary team. I mean, the Clippers play, played them well at times, um, this season, especially, but they got that guy named Steph, and they got that guy named Clay, and those two guys are, are really, really hard to stop. So, um, I think I think the biggest keys will be again kind of seeing what happens with the February tenth trade deadline, as well as how do Norman and Robert Covington kind of adjust to this team, and how do they um, how quickly they mesh with their teammates. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing to watch over the next couple of weeks. Other than that, um, I'm pretty much done. I've been another solo pod here i've been talking for about 30 minutes so if you guys stayed with me I'm, I'm a little surprised but i do appreciate you staying on this long um again if you if you like this podcast i'm trying to get more guests on for you guys i'm just kind of recording at some odd times and that's uh been affecting some of the guest availability i'll just say that so um if you guys like the podcast though definitely subscribe uh wherever you, get, you guys get your podcasts uh, you guys know me follow my work uh on clutch points on on twitter is where i post a lot of news and videos and highlights and stuff like that so definitely shoot me a follow there and, and follow my work on clutch points um i'll try to get robert Cummington on this i mean we, we've been talking for a minute uh you know over the last couple couple weeks so definitely try to get robert Cummington on this pod uh for you guys just to give you guys some maybe some all-star content when, when there's nothing going on maybe we can get something going for you guys so um that is it that's all i got for you guys i hope you guys have a great super bowl weekend uh go rams um i don't know why everyone's picking the Bengals. i know they've had an incredible season uh but that being said uh it's whose house all day it's whose house all day rams house um so i want to see rams get a win celebrate that win maybe i'll be hung over for the warriors game who knows we'll see uh either way I really hope the Rams win this game because they, they got there a few years ago and they lost to Brady in one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen. And um, and now you have you have Matt Stafford, you have Cooper Cup, you have one of the you know, one of the most prolific offenses and, and one of the best defenses. So uh, go Rams again, go Rams, get it done, please. Let's get it done. Um, that's it for my podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, if you didn't, also let me know how shitty it was. I. I <laughs> I definitely do appreciate uh, getting feedback of any kind, good or bad. So uh, that's assuming you made it through this whole episode. So um, yeah, if you guys have any again comments, questions, concerns, feedback of any kind, just hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'll respond to you guys when I can. And uh, yeah, just follow Clutch Points. Obviously, follow me on Twitter, and uh, I will catch you guys next week. So hope you guys enjoyed. Stay safe. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Super Bowl Day. And uh, I'll see you guys.